0: Good afternoon, sports fans. You're listening to the Perpetual Diehards podcast, podcast born out of quarantine boredom, ready to bring you memories of better times when sports were alive. I'm Paul Smith alongside Andrew Fiore from the comfort of our own homes, and we're ready to bring you 30 minutes of Today in Sports. Andrew, how are you doing?
1: Good afternoon, Paul.
0: I'm doing great.
1: Ready for another great show. Uh, we're coming closer to sports every day and uh i'm ready to get right into it we're getting
0: better and better news and i feel like our show's is just getting better and better with with, with as we get close to the sports you know i went for a haircut yesterday i finally got my haircut and you know sitting in the barber chair and the first thing that was on was a golf tournament i was like yes finally have sports and you know we got more and more productive news regarding baseball and basketball and hockey, football is going on as planned. But I think underneath uh, the optimism are a lot of concerns, and we'll start to get into that. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead.
1: The NBA is still nearing in a, a like its return. I believe the date is July 31st, although they said they wanted to get it slightly earlier than that. There's big optimism there. Some players have some concerns we'll mention after the n h l is still pretty much the same they have the tournament set up uh no new no news that I know of at least concerning the date and m l b believe it or not could be considered actually closer to a season after what rob Manfred said, which we will also get into later we we'll, go we'll ahead. get
0: into that i want i'm gonna just put up the uh the crazy sports article of the day here, that which came in through ESPN about 10 minutes ago, is that Antonio Brown, remember that guy? Antonio Brown got arrested for uh, burglary and battery charges and has played no contest. So as a result of that, he gets two years probation and 100 years of, wow, 100 hours of community service. I don't know if probation means that he can play. I doubt that any NFL team will pick them up. But I, 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 I have to laugh at these community service hours, you know. Because Andrew, you being in a public school, I went to a private school in high school. I had to do 20 hours of community service a year. That was my, that was my uh, requirement. So to hear that this guy to, like, atone for a crime has to do 100 hours whereas I had to do it for a grade, I, I, I find that kind of ridiculous. But that's uh, That's a, that's just a good
1: point. Yeah, Antonio Brown's kind of getting it easy, I think, with all the stuff he's done. I mean, you remember when uh, there was the moving truck and he was throwing rocks at it? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I remember that.
1: That was one of the more ridiculous ones, and there were actually serious ones. As for the NFL teams that would possibly want him, I remember he posted himself in a Ravens jersey. And then the news broke that the Ravens were also interested in him, which gave me a little bit of a scare, considering it's Lamar Jackson with Antonio Brown.
0: Yeah. Jeez. Andrew, remember when the craziest thing in the world was the la- the latest thing out of Antonio Brown's mouth? Yeah. when When – The whole news cycle got torn about because of Antonio Brown. I mean, I feel like that's – if we could go back to that, I I feel like that would be a relief for the world as (laughs) as it is right now. We've we've got – geez, we got pandemics. We've got murder hornets. We've got hurricane season. It's nuts.
1: I mean, a bit of it's a little stretch out of proportion. Obviously, the murder hornets turn out to be nothing. (laughs) It, well, yeah
0: yeah yeah I, I i think I think the idea is that like they came over and now they're kind of uh populating and waiting to, waiting to move out
1: <laughs> I heard all it was was there was one dead one on a boat in like Seattle or somewhere that oh
0: jeez, it
1: oh. didn't turn out to be anything like that was it it was just one dead one that's
0: and kind, people of, that's went, kind no. of sad I gotta, if you're gonna make a big deal out of it jeez
1: yeah it. The fear getting a little too much now. We have other things to worry about. People yeah. are like, taking certain things and trying to make them seem worse than they are. Sure. But that's why we're here. That's why so we're here. Lift your spirits.
0: Andrew, we had a draft yesterday and the day before. That's right. At the MLB draft. And, you know, it, it's different from other years in which we only have five rounds this year. Whereas base, the, the MLB draft is usually huge what do you have, 30 rounds, 16 rounds?
1: Yeah, you I'm got not a, too sure about you got, that. You got
0: much more than basketball, football, hockey. And it's really, I, I would say that the baseball draft is the hardest one to figure, right? Because the guy that goes first round, it doesn't necessarily turn out to be a star. Whereas with football and basketball, you, you tend to have an idea that, yeah, the guy that go first, that they're going to be pretty good. But with baseball, I mean, shoot, 24 guys, 24 teams passed on Mike Trout. And now he's probably going to go down as the greatest baseball player of his era, if not of all time. And, uh, you know, uh, a a seventh rounder could uh, turn out to be a star and a first rounder could be a, a dud. I mean, that's the case for all sports, but I think baseball especially, just because you, you get these guys when they're so young and there's still a ton of time for them to develop. And... Yeah. Go ahead.
1: It's different than, say, college basketball or college football. Um, it's it, One thing that makes it different for a were household names for college basketball and college football, you know, Tua and Zion. You don't get that for baseball as much. And that probably has a bit of an effect. I mean, obviously, the MLB teams know way more about these guys. But there's, it's not as though there's as many people that are like, I don't, I'm trying to... No, I I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 There's not as many bigger names that you know are going to show up. And another thing that adds to that is these guys in football and basketball, they're playing in essentially a professional atmosphere. Just think about it. It's nationally televised games, packed arenas and stadiums, and their names are all in the press already. Baseball, these players aren't used to that as much yet. I mean, yeah, the College World Series is on ESPN every year.
0: But even that isn't as yeah. advertised as March Madness or not
1: the, same. the bowl games. It's not the same. And that can have an effect on the players.
0: I think, yeah, you bring up a good point there. And I, I feel like college baseball isn't the entire pool. You know, the, the, the pool of players from the United States only makes up, what, like uh, 40%, 50% of all Major League Baseball because you still also have teams from the Dominican Republic and Latin America that don't necessarily go to college, but they end up in the, in, in the big leagues. And in many cases end up to be larger stars than the college players.
1: Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point there too. I, baseball, I think that's, that's the case with a lot of sports too,
0: but baseball in
1: particular
0: baseball, especially, I think I, I, you know what I think? I think the minor leagues, you know, A-ball, AA, Triple I think those would be considered the NCAA sports for basketball and football. You know how players get a real buzz when they're playing in a bowl game or March Madness. But I think uh, for baseball, it's playing the minors and really making a tear there.
1: Yeah, but even then, it's not quite the same it's not the same publicity or even like standards of playing as the college basketball and football. I get what you mean for sure. Right. Uh, Minor leagues is the place where more names merge. Like we all knew uh, Vlad jr. Was coming. I knew about Alonzo uh, before, but that might just be because I'm a Mets fan, but yeah, even, even then with the minor leagues, it's still a whole different thing than like college basketball and football.
0: So, to get into the draft, you know, I I I'll be honest, I didn't follow the draft as a whole. I just followed who the Red Sox picked up, and I, I just want to talk about their first two picks quickly. Um, I I think that Heim Bloom made a really good decision going with Nick York, first round. You know, he's a second baseman. Was a real surprise pick for first rounder. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw it coming, <clears throat> but I think the point of it was to save money towards signing a a later round player, which happened to come perfectly with the 89th pick in which the Red Sox drafted blaze Jordan. And the Red Sox were thrilled to have him fall that far. They didn't think that they were going to be able to get him, And I I think one of the best things about Nick York and blaze Jordan are both, both are considered to be, one of the best pure hitters in the entire draft class which and both of them are high school players um jordan is 17 years old and so i i think i think that's especially important in which another note with this draft is a lot of these players haven't even seen college baseball regardless of like the, the the qualities of college baseball a lot of them are just coming out of high school yeah that makes it even harder Right, because NBA and uh, college football, they require their their players to go through college. Whereas baseball, you can draft someone right out of high school.
1: Yeah, um, I, I
0: just want to bring up Blaze Jordan quickly because this kid is phenomenal. If you ever just look up a video of him, he's 17 years old right now. Uh, two years ago, when he was 15 years old, um. There's a video that went viral four years before that when he was 13. There's a video of him hitting a 500-foot home run. Wow. Which is just incredible. Because, uh, it, it's nuts. I mean, most major league players can't even think about hitting a ball 500 feet. This guy is 13 years old and doing that.
1: Hey, I mean, hopefully he pans out for you guys. I'm looking at uh, CBS.com. Yep. And the Red Sox were given a C for their Which, overall performance. And they, pre- they say Boston was going to be behind the eight ball, as they put it, no matter what, because they lost that second-round pick.
0: Right, but because the – They
1: compensated by picking Blaze Jordan. They mentioned his power, and they said he was viewed as a possible early second-round pick at times. So they did all right for their situation, but it wasn't going to be a special draft no matter what.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm not terribly uh, disappointed. I'm very excited. If, if that's the only guy we get out of this, look, the Red Sox farm system is shot right now. Uh, incredibly starved for good prospects. So I'm, I'm really impressed with that, that, picked up, that they picked up Blaze Jordan. There's a lot of talk comparing him to Bryce Harper, even. Wow. And if you have him in your system, that's a beautiful piece to have. You know, he's 17 years old, so three, four more, five more years before he even makes it to the majors. Probably seven before he starts to become a superstar. But superstar in the making, I completely believe that.
1: Sounds like a good steal. Now, I like you followed my team pretty much. Uh, I didn't even watch it, but I was looking up info on the Mets. And from all that I've read, the Mets were given one of the best grades and highest compliments out of the teams. With their first pick, which I believe was the 19th pick, they picked up Pete Crow Armstrong, another Pete coming to the Mets now. (laughs) <laughs> who is listed as a defensive dynamo and potential leadoff hitter by CBS. And I've heard his parents are both actors, too, which is kind of cool. But um, this kid has big potential, and he could have even gone higher, apparently. And the, it's been listed as one of the biggest steals. And there's excitement buzzing in New York about this kid. Uh, his, they're saying his uh, defense is supposed to be great, which is something the Mets really need a lot. Uh, they also picked up JT Jin, a possible top 10 pick before he blew out his elbow. But that's also supposed to be a good pick because he had potential to do better. Uh, in addition to Isaiah Green, who is listed as another center fielder with power potential. So Brody Van Wagonen has made mistakes as a general manager, but apparently this is his second straight good draft.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, hopefully we get to see these guys play very soon. You know, hopefully uh, a big issue with Blaze Jordan was, uh, he's a commit to Mississippi State. So there's worry that he, you know, he could just forego going pro right now, go to Mississippi and then enter the draft in a year or two. But I, I, I think the Red Sox by drafting someone like Nick York first, um, they're saving up so they can overslot for Blaise Jordan, pay him, make sure you have him in your system. And I, I think that's a top priority for Bloom. I think Heim Bloom did a great job with what he has.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see him go back to Mississippi State for us other teams that could pounce on him. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's going to be tricky, but uh, de- the Red Sox and Jeff, de- definitely, well, uh, they need to make a priority out of uh, signing him, yep. getting him to come to Boston.
0: Yeah, because he uh, was – yeah, you said he was He was supposed to be a first – like a top-10 pick. Yeah. And then got injured.
1: As for the Mets, I am really optimistic. Two straight good drafts with an already playoff-worthy core right now. And, and the the Mets core isn't that old, really. Alonso no. the star is only in his second year. Conforto has a while to go, too. DeGrom, even, he's locked up for the next, like, four years. It, the future's looking bright in New
0: York. The Mets window is, yeah, you guys got a few years to work things out. And, yeah, I'm sure you'll sign DeGrom. I'm sure you'll sign Alonzo to a, a, a nice, juicy, long contract. Oh, make sure I can't they, wait make sure that. They, make I... sure they turn into franchise players.
1: Yeah, I already got my Alonzo Nike jersey. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only thing getting in our way is the rest of the division. All of a sudden, the NL East just became one of the best divisions in baseball. The Nationals won the World Series, the Atlanta won uh the Atlanta Braves won the division for what? Like two or three years in a row now. Yeah,
0: the Braves have been a perennial division winner recently. Yeah, they keep they
1: keep killing the Mets. It's rough being in the same division as them. The, the Phillies, Phillies picked
0: up a lot of pitching. They still have yeah, Bryce, they got Harper. Bryce
1: Harper. They they were they underperformed. And I feel like they're gonna underperform again.
0: You know, I make fun of all the Philly fans that are at Catholic, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think that their time is still coming. So I got I better get yeah, the joke I I I gotta get the jokes out while I can.
1: It's a it's kind of unfortunate that they all happen to be good at the same time as us.
0: And, but, uh, yeah, you only have the Marlins to beat up on.
1: Yeah, that's right. But, I mean, if the Mets just uh, strengthen up their weak spots, we can still go in there and compete. I mean, we were, like, five games out of the playoffs last year. Yeah. In in that division. It, I have hope. I really do. It, Edwin Diaz is supposed to ba- um, bounce back from his awful year which made a lot of Mets fans doubt uh, Brody Van Wagenen. But if, if Edwin Diaz can start playing at least half as good as he did in Seattle, then we're going to be fine.
0: I completely agree. Um, yeah, we're about two-thirds of the way through right now. So, Andrew, are you, looking, you happy with the draft? You're happy with yes. the Mets?
1: Yeah, very happy.
0: Um, hopefully we have some baseball to return to and we have some pretty good news. Um, we have a very confident commissioner at the helm and Rob Manfred, who
1: a man who I've spoken to.
0: Yeah. A man who Andrew has spoken to. And he is on the record as saying that he is a hundred percent confident that baseball will return this year. That that's a pretty bold statement.
1: Yes, and... but he can back it up. See, he has the power to go with what they're calling the nuclear option. He can force a season of, say, about 50 games. I think that's what they've been saying. Uh, whether or not there's an agreement. So, he... it looks like they're going to have to do that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree with the nuclear option. And hopefully, I mean, I I... I... Hope it doesn't come to that, but he's got that option. Um, The owners recently, as of an hour ago, placed out a new offer for the MLBPA, and I believe it's seventy-two games, and I I, I think they get thirty percent, thirty-one percent of their salary, and if they make, if if there is a postseason, it's Uh, thirty-six percent. That's that's simply mathed out. Thanks, Ken Rosenthal, for t- retweeting the math on it. But essentially what the players were asking for, or I, I, what the players were asking for, was uh, a 50-game season with a salary that mathed out to 33%.
1: The players want
0: 50? Maybe it, it might have been the owners offer them.
1: Yeah, I believe the owners want fewer games and yes. the players want more games which puts pressure on the Players Association now because if Manfred goes nuclear, then they'd be forced to only play 50 games. The players have got to accept one of these authors soon. Right. Owners have all the leverage now.
0: I'm feeling very hopeful with this recent one. With um, the 72 games, I I, I think that could work.
1: At this rate, I've been hopeful for all of them, so I just, I don't know, I've given up. I was hopeful for the first few, then like, it, it just became clear no one was going to accept.
0: Right. And the only other thing is that base, Major League Baseball, they've put out an ultimatum saying this offer ends on Sunday, so they need to make a decision fast.
1: Yeah. Players, if, they, if the players want to save their name, they have to just accept this.
0: And yeah, it's crazy. Because I, you got the future of baseball at stake right now. That's right. Right, because if you don't have a season, you lose millions of fans, and forget about money. You lose millions of fans who won't come back for another decade, generation, however long. And if your mom, wow, if you're Rob Manfred, and your guarantee doesn't go through, if if you're forced to put, play the nuclear option, because uh, you know I. I, I think that's, that's a last resort. You know, I, I feel like that's a bad look on him as a commissioner.
1: Well, I don't know. Because I see it more likely that if, let's say the nuclear option wasn't existent, right? Right. Let's just say that. I would see it more likely right now with the way things are to be no season than any season. So basically Manfred is allowing there to be a season. That's true. With yeah, nuclear option. It's so encouraging.
0: I, think... I know that there's been a lot of discouraging news. A lot of players and owners have been pessimistic about the reality of a season. The first, thing, <laughs> the first indication that I got of a glimmer of hope was Catherine Veritek. God bless her, a wife of Red Sox legend Jason Veritek. Uh, her Twitter account is actually hilarious to follow, but she put something on Twitter a couple of days ago saying. There will be baseball 100%. That's all I have to say. And then logged off. And then I think a couple hours later, Manfred stated that he guaranteed that the season would happen. So, I mean, I, that's a great sign for me that, that on the inside, there's a lot of hope and optimism. Hopefully they take this deal. That That's all I'm going to say. Uh, 72 games, look, it's it's not ideal. I think they're planning for a July 14th start and a September 27th finish which hey, it's baseball.
1: Yeah. And another thing putting pressure on the players too is the further they stall out, the fewer games they're going to be going to be able to play anyway.
0: Right. And the less uh yeah, the less money they'll be able to make. Yeah. They like, they need cares? to smarten up. Who, who cares about a prorated salary for 10 games?
1: I know it's for 1 year. I've said this on the past few episodes. It's 1 year. They need to just realize that right. And just sacrifice for the sake of the game.
0: I think the concern is that for for a lot of the players is that they're going to make concessions that will bleed into other years. That that the owners will be able to point to this year and say, "See, you made this concession here." I think that's the only concern. But no, I completely agree that look, this this is an abnormal circumstance. At some point, you just need to have a season. Yeah. Like, if you care about the future of your sport for baseball as it is, right, because this is the sport that we know and love, this game that we have right now. You know, we're not, I I understand the whole idea of making the game more open to casual fans and new people. But if you keep changing the game, changing the rules, changing the style, then it's no longer the game that we know and love and, and you, start to lose, you start to lose the hardcore fans for the uh, Sunshine Soldiers that, that you're going to pick up.
1: That's a great point. That is such a great point. And another risk to baseball's future that Sports Illustrated put a massive article about is minor league baseball, and I've talked about this before. Uh, we discussed that MLB has a list of teams that would like to eliminate in order to um, make the system easier for them to control. And some of it makes sense, you know, uh, the travel, restricting the travel, right? Right. That makes sense, but I don't think you should eliminate the teams. But this article pointed out that it's way more complicated than that, just the list now, due to the virus. These teams, uh, the minor league teams, let's look at the Norwich Sea Unicorns, for example. (laughs) They rely solely on getting fans in the seats and advertising. If they play this year, there's going to be no fans, which would make it pointless. They're not going to get any money from it. They don't have a TV deal. And if there's no season, then the businesses that signed up to advertise in the stadium are going to want their money back, and it's going to be overwhelming, and a small team like that's going to go bankrupt. It's the majority very scary. of teams, uh, they did a survey of the teams. They ranked, uh, how nervous they were wa- were on the scale of uh one to ten. The majority said ten. Yeah. Especially for their fellow teams too.
0: Look, that's you why I, you're. Go ahead. You and I have said very many times in the show that minor league baseball is the the heart blood, the lifeblood of of the sport. You know, because you've got a lot of fans and uh, regions that either don't have access to a baseball stadium near them or simply don't have the money to go on a regular basis. And so these towns and communities support minor league baseball because, you know, contrary to popular belief, it still is a national pastime. Yeah. And there's a ton of support for it at its roots at its roots at its roots.
1: Yeah, baseball's my number one sport, but I only get to, like, one or two MLB games
0: a year. Right. And so these minor leagues – if you lose this bridge between the community, the minor leagues, and the major leagues, if you cut out the middleman, you're choking out the majors. You know, it, it's as simple as that. If you don't have the filler, if you don't have the, uh, the, the middleman, as I said – you got to worry about the future of the sport and you got to worry about its popularity because if you only have major leagues that, uh, you know, in in a few select cities, then you don't have much of a future.
1: Yeah. And this threat is why you're seeing teams uh, start these new things. Like for example, the Paw Sox have the dining option on the field right now. Yeah. That's why. They're keeping the people employed, giving them something to do, and getting some money. It's all they can do.
0: Have you been to one of those?
1: The, no, the I haven't. dine
0: things, the Paw Socks? No, no I, I haven't. I'd be interested. It's just... It's a, it's a bit of a drive for me.
1: Yeah, it's an hour-long
0: drive to get a burger. <laughs> Which?
1: That's, that's the way I'm looking at it. But I, 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 I wish I could help.
0: If I get desperate later in the summer, I'll drive up. Yeah. But, I mean, right now, no. Nah. Um, Andrew, we got a, just a, uh, just one more minute. Do you have any final words? Any final words of encouragement to our listeners? Hey,
1: keep keep waiting. We're going to have sports soon enough. And I've heard this point, too. Once sports comes back, uh, we're not going to know what to put on the TV. There's going to be so much at once. So yeah. it will be exciting.
0: That's a great point. I like that. Because, yeah, imagine September, October. When are you going to have all four sports going at the same time? Oh, yeah. That's going to be a great feeling. It'll be like what
1: they call the sports equinox, but all the time.
0: Yes. That's the the definition of a perpetual diehard. All four sports going at once.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: If I can have my Sox, Pats, Bruins, and Celtics, on the same screen, all taking up one quarter of my TV. Oh man. All right, Andrew, yeah, you got it's a been a bit. lot of fun. Stay yes. safe, stay healthy. All you listeners, thank you very much.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: And until the next time, keep the faith, keep waiting. We're almost there.